0: Good evening, friends. Today is June 2nd. I think this would be OKP number 13, 12 maybe. But as you will note, if you listen to the last one, you know it's been hit or miss for me to do these podcasts. Um, I try to make make room for it. I'm still working on that. But it is a difficult thing to do when I'm trying to run this bakery and... uh, manage sleep accordingly, and just live. And so it's been difficult to fit these kinds of activities in, but I'm still working on it, still working. So anyways, I was like, all right, it's June 2nd, no particular significance on that day, but uh, might as well, oh, you know what, Giants have a day off today. So I was like, well, you know what, My that's another tough part about this, is that baseball is up and roaring, and uh, it's up and roaring. And that's taken up a lot of my evenings. Because I like to watch baseball and the Giants are playing well. So anyways, Giants have a day off. I figured, hey, you know, I don't have anything particular that I'd like to talk about. But I would like to continue talking and trying to get some some content out there. Um, And so yeah, I figured that I wanted to tell a story about, this might be boring. It's going to be something about the bakery, but... I wanted to talk about the failed or the failed attempt at the roasted garlic and tomato loaves. It was the first round. It was one, two. It was three weeks. Was it three weeks ago? Yeah, it was three weeks ago. Wow, yeah, time flies. And uh, I think it was three weeks ago, or two. And I guess I don't. Know. Who cares? Anyways, a couple weeks ago, I tried. I promoted and tried to bake roasted garlic and sun dried tomato sourdough. It's been a combination that my dad's been wanting me to try for quite a while. It was kind of his idea. It was totally his idea months ago and just never really was able to fit into my schedule. And with the advent or the acquisition of this new refrigerator, uh, my production ability has increased by about 15 loaves. And so I was like, well, you know. Maybe I'll start doing a combination or a rotational rotating specialty on Wednesdays. And the first one that I decided was to try sun-dried tomato and roasted garlic. And to to preface this story, I guess, I would like to define one, one key word uh, with this story, which will be hydration. And so technically, or I guess... The definition of hydration in bread baking terms is the total amount of water compared to the total amount of flour. So if I have 100 grams of flour and I add to that 70 grams of water, then the hydration is 70%. And it just continues like that. It's called baker's percentage. And so basically it's just an easy way to develop a formula and read someone's formula when all of the ingredients are based off of the total flour content so salt is typically for most sourdough recipes is 2 to 2.2 percent in baker's percentage terms which would mean that it's 2.2 percent of the total flour content so if it was 100 uh, 100 grams of flour 2.2 percent salt you'd have 2.2 grams of salt for the recipe Anyways, so hydration, that's going to be key here in this story. So, I had never made this loaf before. I thought it would be as simple as making a cheddar bob where I just fix up the ingredients and throw them in the dough and everything is ready to go. Although there are nuances to the cheddar bob, nuances to everything, but simple enough. And turns out, one... Uh, I hadn't really thought through the sun-dried tomatoes situation because I don't typically eat sun-dried tomatoes. And once I started looking into it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Most sun-dried tomatoes are soaked in oil. At least that's what I've seen. And I don't really know if I want all that oil and seasoning into my dough because oil has an effect on the crumb and the the structure and overall flavor of the loaf. And so then people were saying, I was reading that people were saying, use the vacuum-sealed dried sun-dried tomatoes. I'm like okay, and then I'd see a couple recipes that said not only use those, but also you should. Oh, what do they call it? Uh, some fancy word for just rehydrate, reconstitute, reconstitute. I felt so smart saying that to people. <laughs> I had to reconstitute the sun-dried tomatoes. Like wow, this guy's a scientist. And so, anyways, I re you're supposed to rehydrate the tomatoes, but what the mistake that I made was, is that when it came time to build this dough for the roasted garlic tomato loaf i failed to account for the water that the sun-dried tomatoes had soaked up and account for that in the total hydration for the dough so i wanted my end dough on that bread to be 82 percent which would mean right again uh, 82 grams of water to 100 grams of flour. So I wanted the ending result to be 82%. And I know also from what I've, my estimates that from what I've done is that when you add the leaven, which again to define leaven, leaven is the, you take a starter that everybody's kind of familiar with, the little starter, little mason jar, and you make a big one of those basically and that's for the the bread dough. So it's like you have to have a big starter for a big batch of dough. And that's called leaven. And so when you add the leaven, I know that that adds about 2% to the final dough. And so 82% total was my goal for this roasted garlic tomato loaf. But what I like I said what I failed to do was account for the water that was sucked up into the sun-dried tomatoes. And so when I put the now rehydrated tomatoes into the dough the hydration i estimated it to be to have gone as high as 90 to maybe 92 percent almost 10 percent because i actually put one-to-one water to sun-dried tomatoes when i was rehydrating them so i had like 600 grams of sun-dried tomatoes in a bowl and i put 600 grams of hot water on top of it so these sun-dried tomatoes, they were hydrated. Like they really soaked up a lot of water. There was very little water that, that i was strained out. Cause I didn't try to strain it. Cause I didn't want to add just straight water. But you know, the funny part is, is that when I was doing dishes, cause that was the last loaf that I mixed, I was doing dishes and I thought to myself, I thought about this. Like I knew that this is what I was supposed to do, but I still didn't do it. And quite frankly, I just forgot um, until I started to look at the dough as it was developing once it was already mixed up and and ready to go and so anyways i make this dough and i wasn't able to tell that i had made a mistake early on because when i was mixing the dough i've gone from adding the inclusions inclusions are say for the the olive loaf the inclusions are the two olives the calmadas and calastrovanas the inclusions on the cheddar bob are jalapeno and cheddar and so on and so forth. It's just inclusion. What do we include in the dough? Um, I've gone from adding the inclusions directly to the mixer as it's spiraling to now laying out the inclusion on top of the dough and then folding it in. It's a much gentler process. And actually what I've found is it allows me to really be much more precise and uh consistent with the dough that I'm developing in the mixer so it's like we just all we're doing is mixing dough we build good dough strength and then that can be added gently or the inclusions can be gently added via folding which is what people have seen on Instagram and so anyways I didn't know that I had made a mistake I thought the dough looked good and about an hour later I let the dough rest for about an hour and and I add the now rehydrated, sun-dried tomatoes, and garlic. And I actually did quite a bit of both. Again, when it comes to inclusions, typically the percentage given for inclusions is based on total dough weight. So if I said I had like a 100 grams of final dough, you know, that's with flour, water, salt, and leaven, and I wanted to add 10% roasted garlic and tomatoes, I would add 10 grams to that because it's final final dough. So it's it's a little bit different than hydration. But I added about 15% roasted garlic and sun-dried tomatoes to the overall dough. And I split that 15% up seven and a half, seven and a half. So it wasn't 30 total, it was 15 total. But anyways, I thought that was a little too much because I actually... I uh, did taste, I tasted a couple of these busted loaves, and uh, um, it was much more like a pizza loaf, I'm not looking to make pizza bread, not really my thing, not interested in that, we just make pizza, we don't need to make pizza bread, and this was, was a little bit heavy on both, and I know it's going to be similar to pizza, no doubt, because it's garlic, and it's tomato sauce, and it's bread, There's not tomato sauce, but it's tomatoes, so it's going to be It's going to taste like pizza no matter what. But I didn't want that to be the forefront flavor. And that certainly is what it was in that first iteration. Um, So I eventually dialed it back down to like 12%, 10 to 12%. And I I weight it more heavily on the garlic. So I do like 60-40 split on the garlic to tomato of that 10. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm a math guy. And um, so anyways, I add the rehydrated tomatoes, the garlic, fold it up, everything looks good. An hour later, I come back to do a second fold, and it sucked because I made some really good dough that day, it was really strong, it was very extensible. You see me, I think I have posted a picture one time of me stretching out dough uh, to do a gluten check, and this, this gluten was strong, and, but I go back to the the roasted garlic tomato tub to do a fold, and it appeared as though I mean it just looked super wet. Like, you know, we're talking ninety percent hydration on this, and it's just super wet, and it was strange and kind of unsettling to look at because the everybody knows what a sun dried tomato looks like, but it had risen and almost like floated out of the top surface of the dough, but it still had dough on the very top, so it was like this dough red, sun-dried tomato, dough look. It was just not, didn't look good. And actually, like I said, it was unsettling, it was strange. And so I see these red things floating up. I'm like, God damn it. Like, you know, maybe this is, uh I couldn't, I didn't know what it was. It was like, I literally did not know at that time that I had overhydrated the dough. And so, I mean, it was early on in the process. So I start folding it and trying to gain some tension and whatnot within the dough. And it was okay. But you could tell it just really was not developing like the other doughs. Like typically as the progression of what's called bulk fermentation, which is just the, the it's when the, the mass of dough is in its bulk form, I guess you could say. It's in the big blob and it's in the tub all at once. That, that period of rise is called bulk fermentation. And as that stage progresses, you start to see... Um, well, you visually can see that it's risen. Like you start to see like the edges of the dough against the tub kind of concave down uh, as if because it's really adhering to the folds that you've been given. And the roasted garlic tomato was not doing that. It was like every time I opened the lid, it was it looked like the same thing. Like just this, this floating red, weird looking things coming out of the dough. And I was like, God yeah, damn it. This sucks. Something's going on, and it sucked. Also, it was worse because I I didn't I didn't make this I didn't make a big deal about making this new loaf, but in my weekly posts on Instagram I did say uh, that I'd be this would be the first week of the rotating specialty. It's gonna be roasted garlic tomato. Like I got a, I, I got a much more engagement on that than I really expected. A lot of people were sending me messages. At the most. Most of the first two rounds of roasted garlic tomato have been, uh, or were, um, this week a lot went to the retailers, but they were to individuals. So I had a lot of people messaging me, hey, I want this, I want the garlic tomato. I've been calling it RGT, I think that's kind of cool. So anyways, um, there was all this hype about it, and I'm looking at the dough and it's just not, not happening, it's not good. Excuse me, I'm, today I'm drinking, I think it's called Chronic Wellness by Flowerhead Tea. It's a very good tea provider up in Oakland. Local, small, and they make great tea. And this one's called Chronic Wellness. It's like, I don't know, it's good though. Camo mint, chamomile and orange peel, I don't know. Anyways, um... I just, there's all this hype and the dough isn't looking good and I'm like, okay, let's just keep working with it and see what happens. And so I finally get to the point where I dump it out on the table and at that point it was like it had risen for sure, but it was just not, not sticking together. Like it was just not, it was like a, it was just like soup all over my wooden table and it was so wet and like undeveloped. That when I would try to cut it away from the mass, like as you see in those Instagram videos, I've cut one small piece out of the big mass of dough to pre-shape. Um, like the it was like tough to even get to the bottom of the table because like the dough would just slide right under my knife as I was trying to peel it away from the mass. And I was like, man, this sucks, because now like it's super sticky dough, like it's all over my hands. Like there have been there's been only one time in my whole career as a baker where I have taken a loaf of bread from the bench which is that wooden work table and thrown it on the ground because I was so frustrated and that time was last year in the summertime and I was upset and this time when I was making this roasted garlic tomato I was like man I'm getting close to throwing this in the in onto the floor but that would have sucked because it's like you know I did it once once you do it once you throw an uncooked loaf of bread on the floor you don't do it again because you do it the one time and you're just like, man, I knew this was a bad idea, but I did it anyways. And it is, the, I am understanding that it is a bad idea because you got dough fucking all over the place and that's not fun. And so anyways, what I did do though is with the roasted garlic, like four of them, four or five of them were just not happening. They were just not not working with not not I was unable to work well with them and they got thrown into the trash can aggressively so anyways i've got 11 in proofing baskets i was actually worried that these loaves were going to stick to the proofing baskets the proofing baskets are those little white white linen baskets or white lined baskets that i put the dough in and they go into the refrigerator and they proof or the technical term is they retard for um, the overnight, 12 hours, 14 hours, and it's cold, cold, cold proofing them. And so um, I go to put the roasted garlics in those baskets, and I'm worried that because the dough is so wet, that it will not come out of the basket in the morning when I tip it over. And I've done that before, uh, you know, way back when I was. When i was baking and that's not fun either because you have a bunch of dough in your little basket it's like yeah you got to clean it out and it's not fun so anyways i floured them up really good and luckily they didn't stick in the morning uh they definitely looked bad like i mean when i put them in the baskets i was like man these look like they're kind of okay but they did not feel good and like you can tell when you scale dough out what what's optimal you know you can tell because if I scale out 800 grams of that roasted garlic tomato that I've been talking about, it's gonna fit fine on that scale. But if I, because it was undeveloped and 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 overhydrated and uh, just not a good loaf, not a good dough to work with, versus a well-made, strong dough, uh, it's gonna be much bigger and it's gonna be 800 grams too. But it's just much more voluminous because it's got all the nice. Uh, fermentation bubbles that's trapped in, in it's a gluten web and you could just tell with these roasted garlic tomatoes, these RGTs that it wasn't going to happen but you know, I pressed forward and this is my first time making 60 loaves in a day uh, so I uh, it's my first time making 60 loaves it's a whole new new ball game whenever you scale up a little bit uh, but I thought I was going to be able to do it, and turns out I wasn't. So, anyways, I uh, put all the loaves of, loaves of bread to bed, put them in the put them in the fridge, and go to bed. Wake up at uh, two. No, I think I woke up on first, for my first batch of sixty. I woke up at 12:30 in the morning to turn my oven on, and then I got up at two o'clock in the morning to start baking and yeah i mean it just wasn't a good bake all around basically everything because i was having such a, a, a troublesome time with the rgt's it kind of pushed all the other doughs out as well and so uh one of the things that we watch out for in baking is called the overproofing and that can happen when you let that period of time called bulk fermentation if you let that go too long um, that would be could could possibly result in an overproofed loaf. And the way that we would be able to tell if it's overproofed is that you put it into the the oven, and the problem is is that it's the the gluten web within the sourdough loaf uh, has been stretched so far because it's risen so much that when you put it into the oven, that initial spring it's called oven spring, and that's the first stage of baking it's where you get that big rise and like if you follow bakers on instagram you'll see the time-lapse video of like the ear just popping right open and you get this beautiful bulbous loaf of bread kind of what everybody shoots for um when that occurs the loaf tries to cooperate and rise but because those that gluten web within the loaf has has filled with so much gas already uh it just bursts, and it, that's where you get loaves that are flat, much more, a little bit more dense. Um, they're like frisbees, you know. That's what these RGTs were, and they weren't even. It wasn't because they were overproofed, but um what else is an overproof loaf? There's no real ear on it, like it's just overproofed. And you you obviously learn the signs as you bake more and more, but. They get kind of pale, I guess. That's another thing, too. Uh, Their crust isn't that... It's just not that good. It's a bad loaf. Bad loaf of bread. It's a dud. It's a dud. So anyways, um, basically everything got overproofed. There's ways to to fix that, and the way that I've found to fix it is that you, instead of doing the big, long score, you do like a double score. And what that does, you'll see that if you look carefully or pay attention to the pictures I post you'll see that some loaves have a nice ear on them and some loaves have two slashes and you can make those look really good too but it's nice to have that as a fallback in case you do overproof your loaves because what the double score does is it releases less tension in the loaf so if you think of like an overproofed loaf like a you know big balloon within balloons which is what Open Crumb Mastery it's a popular book I'm blanking on the author's name but he's a popular guy. Uh, Open Crumb Mastery is a great book to read if you want to know a lot about bread. But if he likes to envision a loaf of bread as like a bubble filled with bubbles and in this instance uh, when it's overproofed the inside the interior bubbles have really put a lot of tension on the loaf already. And so by doing one big long score or slash down the middle of the loaf, that's going to release a lot of tension because it's already very tense and that would result in deflation um, and just further aid in the collapse of the loaf. But if you do the double double you know lightly do a double score, that releases less pressure this is the way this is all anecdotal totally anecdotal releases less pressure uh and allows the loaf to still rise and look you know it doesn't look as good as when a beautiful ear pops out but it still looks pretty good and it's much better than you know an overproof loaf um so anyways I started because all the other loaves were overproofed I kind of did some double double slashes but it was okay the bake was okay but you know not uh I was able to sell the other three loaves, but when the RGTs went in, it was just like, you could tell, you know, I had hope, I had hope. It's like, I think they went in like on the fourth cycle or third, or third or fourth cycle. And it was like 4.30 in the morning, five o'clock. And they're going in and I put them out on the, I lay them out on the the baking peel. And uh, they look good, they looked okay. I was like, you know what? I have a little bit of faith, a little bit, not a lot, and sure enough, uh, yeah, they didn't rise. They were they were dense. These were a different kind of dense, and this is like what I've found is like kind of the difference between an overproofed loaf and like say like an either an underproofed or like overhydrated or underdeveloped or or you know it's just like a that's where you get the bricks. You know you can have I feel like you can still have an overproof loaf but still have it be not quite a brick, like just kind of just miss, it's going to be misshapen and like much more flat, but the crumb will actually still be half decent. It just looks weird. It's more appearance in my, my regard, and it's more acidic because it's been fermenting longer. And so these RGTs, they came out and they were like, these were like bricks, like little like Frisbees that were like heavy in the hand. Like you could pick it up and you're like, fuck, this is like, this could do something, you know, and uh but it was okay, and that's where I I bit into one and I or, you know cut into one, <laughs> yeah, just just fucking took a took a bite, and uh now I cut off a piece and I was like, all right, I'll try this, and I'm not a big garlic guy or sun dried tomato guy. It's just kind of like I said, my dad wanted wanted to do it, and we might as well give it a try. It sounded good. A lot of people were excited, and they are they people like them, and uh, they. Tasted okay, but that's where I was like, you know what, this is a little heavy on the pizza on the on the pizza flavor. It's too much tomato, too much garlic. So that's where I I've dialed it back um, a little bit, and I think that I've found a good spot with it right now. Um, and so that's what happened. And what I did was I made adjustments. You know, I I I you know really paid attention to the hydration. I, I lowered it and increased it, and kind of found a, a good happy medium for where it's at now. Uh, with what I like and you know it's just all finesse it's all it's a game of adjustments and it's fun in the bakery setting like when this is actually my kind of my life this is my livelihood right now uh, there's a little bit more pressure to get it right and it's fun I've compared this a lot to in my to myself I've thought about how it parallels pitching in baseball a lot and I was a pitcher, and. Like, as a pitcher, you have to be able to make adjustments every pitch. You know, if you're really good, you can do that. And that's kind of what everybody sets out to do is, you know, okay, like, I know what to do. I know what went wrong on that first, that last pitch, but I can get it, I can get back in there. And baking, to me, is similar to that. It's very fine. It's very finessing or requires a lot of finesse, Um, reading with your eyes and kind of instincts and intuition and you gotta be able to learn from your mistakes because I really didn't want to go back out there next week and have a bad loaf. And to be honest, I did a test loaf. I did some two. I did a small batch, just two loaves on the following Friday of that first RGT bake. And those loaves came out better, but still not where I wanted them. And I was like, damn, okay, I'm not gonna be able to get another test in, but I think I can learn from this. And came back on Saturday, uh, Really focused up on them and uh, they came out great. They came out really good. I was really happy with them and I think that they've come out well today. Um, this is the second week in a row because there was, like I said, there's a lot of hype on it, but I uh, couldn't get it out the first week. So I had to, the first good week of RGTs went out to those same customers that, you know, got, got missed on the first round. And uh, this round, A lot went to the retailers because I know a lot of people outside of those who got individual deliveries um, were excited to try it. So I hope that they got a chance to to taste them. Uh, I thought they were pretty good. I think my thought on it is that I think it would be a great grilled cheese. I think it would even be a better grilled cheese than the jalapeno cheddar. I almost say that jalapeno cheddar is a great soup bread because it's got a little bit of spice. It's got some cheese and you toast it up with some butter or olive oil and maybe put a little bit of flake salt from Big Sur on there and uh, and dip it in your soup. And I, I think that is a great soup bread. But I think that these roasted garlic tomatoes are going to make better grilled cheeses because if you make a grilled cheese with the, with the cheddar bob, you already have cheese in the bread and then you're going to put more cheese and it's just like, why do I need all this cheese? I don't need it. That's the answer. And so but when you use the sun-dried tomato garlic, I haven't made this yet, but it's just a hypothesis. When you use the roasted garlic roasted garlic tomato for grilled cheese, you're not typically expecting a hint of sun-dried tomato and a hint of roasted garlic like because these sun-dried tomatoes, I think because they're reconstituted, no, a scientist. Don't forget that. Because they're reconstituted, rehydrated, it kind of adds to like a, a gummy feel to it. And I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for gummies. So, uh, yeah, they're good. You know, they're, it's a good one. And I think that that added little chew of the tomato and the jamminess of the roasted garlic. Because I wanted to make sure that this garlic was like, I wanted to put them in whole chunks. You'll notice that it's whole cloves in there. But I don't like it. I'm not a big garlic guy, like I said. But I certainly do not like it when there is a toothsome chunk of garlic in the bread. You know, that's the only other garlic bread I've had, and I've never liked it because I don't want to bite into something hard when I'm <clears throat> when I'm expecting something soft. And I also just think that that garlic is really—it's too strong. And but if you roast it, it, takes a lot of the flavor out, or it takes a lot of the intensity out, and it also creates like this jammy feel. It's almost like butter. So when you bite into one of these cloves, you might be like, oh shit, this is a lot of, unless it's a boatload of this roasted garlic. But if you bite into it and it's a clove, it's like, yeah, it's garlicky, but it's not too garlicky, but it's still jammy. And that's something you don't expect in a grilled cheese either. So, you know, you get those two added benefits to the grilled cheese, which you're basically just duplicating when you put on a cheddar bob with a grilled cheese. Um, and so that's what I think. That's what happened with the RGTs, and this actually was a thirty-minute podcast. I'm surprised. I was thinking that this first episode of Bakery Tales would be uh, would have been too short, but we'll see how this goes. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And what else? Um, Flowerhead Tea. Flowerhead Tea is some good tea. They've got one called Camo Millionaire, which is what um, I first that was the first uh bag of tea that i got from Flowerhead, and it's really good it's great herbal teas is what i've been buying from herbal teas because you want something to drink at night but you don't want caffeine and camo millionaires was good it's caught it's caught camo camo meal and elderflower and the- i don't know what elderflower is but it's good and then uh like I said, I got this one called Chronic Wellness, which is what I'm drinking now. It's kind of like a immune system, health-oriented tea. And I also have one that's uh, designated for bedtime, right before bedtime. And uh, it's got like some kava in it, which I like kava. It's good. And I just thought that'd be a good one. It's chamomile and kava. And yeah. Hope you guys have a good night, and I will talk to you soon, hopefully. Thanks.